everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Agency Hour podcast. This is our special Monday morning edition. Uh, we call this Dev Minutes. It is me and Sarah. Say hello. Hello. We are the two developers here at Pixel and Hammer. Um, so we get together before everybody else comes into the office, before the coffee is brewed, and uh, talk about any and all things dev and industry related and any news that comes out or anything related to our field at all. Um, so this morning, um, uh, besides all of the Game of Thrones spoilers, uh, we are going to <laughs> avoid those, um, and we're going to jump right in. And today we're going to talk about um, the current state and the future state uh, of smartphones and that entire realm of technology. Um, and basically, this entire um, this entire thing kind of just stems from the current or recent uh, release or soft launch. I I don't know if it's specifically available. I think they're still available for pre-order, but I do know all of the major tech companies and YouTubers and everybody uh, who uh, does tech reviews has them already, the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Um, And was it this morning the first time you saw this, correct? Yes. Okay. So, um, for those of you on the same line as Sarah, basically what they did, if you could just imagine a, I believe seven and a half, seven to a seven and a half inch tablet folded in half and put a screen on the front of the half that's folded and you have the galaxy fold. Um, so there's a screen on the front, kind of small, um, but then you fold it out and it's this big seven inch tablet, but it's still your phone. Um, it also has six cameras on it. Um, there's there's one on the front of the fold. There are three inside of the fold and two, I believe, on the back. Huh. So it's very interesting. Um, That's where the price tag is coming from. Right. So the price of the phone is $2,000. Um, and so really when we, when we, when it comes down to it, um, and if this is going to affect web development or responsive design or um, any of those things along those lines, I don't, I don't imagine it will, um, considering the fact that we're already designing for tablets anyways, right? I think responsive design is a really good answer for pretty much screens of all sizes. Um, so I don't see how like just changing the screen size to another different type is really going to affect a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it might give us some, I don't know, slightly wonky spots maybe in between the media queries, but right. yeah, I think it's interesting. And this whole, um, folding concept, I believe has been, has been a rumor or an ambition of other companies for a while now. I know that, um, I believe Motorola is working on bringing back the uh, the Razer, which I love and I still own. Um, uh, so the best thing about flip phones, though, from back in the day, was how satisfying it was to hang up on people with them. <laughs> you just don't get the same kind of satisfaction now. Right, right. Now you just kind of tap the screen and then, but then. But you could snap those things shut. Right, right, right. So the, I think the, oh, sorry about that. Um, I think the, um, the whole thing behind like the razor is that it's not folding like a book, like the Samsung one is it's Mm -hmm. folding like the phones used to. Right. Um, 
who knows when that's coming out. I don't even know if it was officially Razor 4 introduction. So that maybe they announced it or they have said something about it. Um, I'm not sure where that's at in production, but I know since the whole Samsung thing has come out, Apple obviously already has their patents and everything in place for their foldable device. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how that kind of plays out. Um, so obviously we're not going to have um, like uh, we're not going to have a foldable phone from Apple for another year and a half. Like everybody's talking about, oh, it's going to come out this year because Samsung I dropped really theirs, it. and it's not. It can't, and because I mean that's not how Apple does things. Yeah, Apple prefers to definitely um, take a, the adoption of new features a lot more slowly because they want to get it right the first time, and they don't want to jump the gun and produce like a mediocre product. Right, and and I think along those lines as well is. Um, within the first couple of days, Samsung's already in trouble with this phone, right? So there's, there were two cases, um, well, there are more than two cases, but there are two main um, issues, um, but all resulting in the same um, problem uh, was that the screen on the foldable parts, the, the bigger screen of the Samsung Fold, uh, was, was breaking, um, not in the sense of like physically, but the internals. Um, sometimes it was just a spot on the screen. Sometimes it was half of the screen. Sometimes it was the whole thing. Um, and two factors were into play. One, there's a uh, a thin layer of um, plastic, I guess, that helps power that display mm-hmm. on it, but it looks like a screen protector. So a lot of people thought that this was just to protect it in the box or while it was folding and that you could remove it. Oh, and they took it off. But as soon as you did, the like electro, you know, whatever it uses to power the display was shot. Um, and See, then, I'd still call that like a design flaw that right. if like it either should not be that easily removable right. or exactly <laughs> something. Well, and the fact that um, it, it's there and it looks like that there, I think there was even one instance of a, of a reviewer that, that didn't, touch theirs or pick theirs off but like it was already peeling back from the display like a screen protector would yeah um and then there were just random cases of other users whose displays just crapped out on them which samsung says they are well aware of the issue and that they're going to do everything they can to fix the problem blah 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 like they always do when their phones explode or stop working mm-hmm. or um, so this isn't the first time Samsung's released a phone that's been um, problematic. So, and, but they claim that like it can be closed and opened and tested like 200,000 times or whatever. So, um, but I'm curious, I think um, I would really love to see what Apple um, puts out. Um, I know Hawaii, 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 Hawaii um, is more um, a popular phone brand in, I believe, um, China and mm-hmm. other countries along that side of the world. Um, they have a foldable phone. You know how, like, Samsung's closes in this way? Mm-hmm. Well, um, Hawaii's closes in the other way. So, like, the screen is always... On the outside. Right, right. So, it's, like, kind of the opposite. Um I think it probably makes the phone cheaper, but it also I feel like that could be dangerous as far as, you know, just having that screen on the outside means it's going to hit more stuff. And it's, yeah, I don't, 
I I think I think we're just at that point now where it's like the one we're we're at first gen, right? Like there were a lot of problems with first gen iPhones and the first Android phone and like the first watch or the first smartwatch or whatever it may be. So I think this first gen foldable is kind of to be honest, though, I'm really surprised they're going in this direction with smartphones. Like, the whole idea of a foldable screen, like, the the Razer one makes a little bit more sense to me mm-hmm. because it's multiple screens and it just, the way you're flipping it up or, like, if they did something where they added an extra piece to a smartphone to give you, like, a tactile um, keyboard or something along those lines, like, uh-huh. those moves make a little bit more sense to right. me than having, like, an actual screen that folds in half. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really understanding the push for that there. Yeah, I think um, I think I think here's I think here's where we're at. I think in the realm of um, tablets and the realm of smartphones, right? Like tablets blew up. Tablets were a thing from like 2013 to like up until a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and then everybody realized that okay, this is cool. It's still a tablet. It does the same thing as my phone. But then in that same realm, phones were getting bigger, right? We have the iPhone XS Max and the Pluses and the the Note, the Galaxy Notes and everything. So it was like, why am I carrying around this big tablet when I can just have a phone that's just a little bit smaller and does the same thing? So I think the the it's it's funny because we go in like this wave, right? where we had started like way back when in whatever year, 1800s or 1900s or not 1800s, geez, in the <laughs> 1900s when, when the big brick massive first cell phones were created. That in had, the 1980s? Yeah, that, that's, what, <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. Um, so like we started with those and then we got smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Do you remember there was a Verizon phone? Um, Unfortunately, though, we've hit kind of that hardware limit, though. So Mm -hmm. we can't make things get any smaller at this point without, you know, some help from quantum computing, which is nowhere near ready for this kind of application. I forget what it was called. I think. So now the hardware is getting bigger again to help accommodate, you know, wanting more RAM and more computing speed and all of that stuff. So oh this my is, gosh. So yeah, this I remember is the, those. Yeah. So this is the Verizon Juke and it was literally like this big and yeah, it was you, like twice the width of your thumb maybe. Right. And so, but, and you just had to slide it out and had this little tiny keyboard, but it was basically just to listen to music. But like, this was the realm. So like we went from the huge brick and then we tried to make them as small and thin as possible and now we're going back up and we're creating these phones that are bigger and bigger. And now we have basically with the fold and other manufacturers, tablet size phones. But see, I don't understand why they're not going in a direction of, and maybe this is just like a marketing thing. Um, but having your main device, your phone, that's the thing that people are attached to. Mm-hmm. That's the one that you break your phone and you're really upset for a few days. Like that's, that's the ruin your day kind of thing. Right. If your tablet breaks, it's not as big a deal. Like even if you lose your laptop or something, it still doesn't hurt as much usually when you lose your phone. You know what I mean? Right. And right. they keep trying to create this emotional attachment to other devices besides the phone as like an extension of yourself. Right. 
but I don't understand why they're not kind of going in this direction of here's your phone, plug it into other devices so that you can, you know, put it in, connect it to a monitor so that you can have it as a computer or have it as a tablet or something along those lines right. so that you have a lot more flexibility with the same device. So um, Samsung already does that. Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. The, I think they started with... the Mac world, I guess. Yeah, I think they started with the... Don't don't quote me on it, but I think the S8. Um, definitely the S9 and certainly the S10, but basically it's just they have a dock mm-hmm. and you attach it to the monitor and it has USB ports and you can use Bluetooth mouse or keyboard with it. And it essentially gives you like a... like Not Chrome OS, but it's a Samsung you know mm-hmm. skin over it of... Um, an operating system on a monitor. So, I mean, anything that you can email, games, business, browsing, like anything you do on there can be done on that. Hmm. So, Samsung's kind of already on that. I think I think they're pushing for Apple to do it too. Um, just because of the, like, not the backlash, but basically the, um, the aesthetic of, like, their new iPads are like just as good as like a MacBook Air right. or like a Mac Mini or whatever like their lower end model computers are, but they're still running iOS. You're right. Like, and so... Well, and Windows ran into huge problems when they tried to take their like desktop operating mm-hmm. system and turn it into an app-based thing and it did not work for them. Right. And people well, hated it. On and- the phone front, at least, yeah. Well, I mean, just on the, like on the desktops, like having all those apps and stuff, it was just such a a paradigm shift from what Windows originally was that people just didn't handle it well. So then they like had to go back to how they did stuff before. Yeah. It's weird that like on a Windows 10 install, like the Candy Crush app is on my, you know, Mm -hmm. my, my drawer there. So like that's, yeah, it's weird. Um, No, I think... (sighs) I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's next. I think this was it. Um, they've been talking about it for a while, and I don't know how to go from there. I did see one thing, and um, it, I think it was just a video, but there was one thing that I saw that, um, it was like a like a bracelet, mm-hmm. and then it like projected your phone screen onto yeah. your yeah. So I think that would be cool. I think. Honestly, because Meg, actually Meg's brought it up the other day. She was like, why don't you have, um, I don't know if she saw something on Facebook, but she's like, why don't you have a pair of those Google glasses? <laughs> and I was like, oh man, like that project died like f- six years ago. Like, and they haven't really done anything with it since. And it, yeah, our culture really wasn't ready for it yet. Th- no, I, I think the biggest thing was just privacy. Like people were just filming other people while, you know, watching the, and it just, yeah, but see what people don't understand is that's already happening. Right. If you're in any public building, you've got cameras on you. And like, if you're anywhere in public, anyone with a phone can be filming what you're doing and you may not even realize it. Right. Um, and cameras are so small, like you, you kind of almost just have to accept that if you're not in your own home, you're not, you like, you can't expect privacy anymore. Mm -hmm. It, yeah. I think um, a big feature, and it's not, it kind of technically already is a thing, but I feel like people don't utilize it, Um, especially since I think a lot of people would agree that that Siri 
on the iPhone is pretty terrible um, compared to like things like Alexa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I would be surprised if Amazon didn't release an iPhone app that kind of did the same thing, but was always listening, right? Because even though we have like this huge wave of smart speakers, which are like now becoming a household thing, like before it was like, I don't know about that. But now like even Emily and Brandon have like three of them Mm -hmm. and they're the biggest like, you know, my parents have one too, which is exactly wild. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it would be very interesting to have that power within a phone that would that would work the same way that the speaker would like obviously like you can say hey siri and your iphone will wake up and it'll do what it's supposed to do but people lucky neither of ours is on right now but but like like people people don't use it right right there's there's a very there's a percentage of of apple diehards that that do but it's it's like i never use it i never use siri but i use my amazon echo and I'll talk to her for mm-hmm. some reason. I think it's just because I know it's a superior product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. And I know like Amazon has done multiple attempts in the past to have their own phones. And those just fail miserably because yeah. they're not, they're, their I OS isn't proprietary. Part of the problem too is that our market is just so saturated already that people love their iPhones. They love their Android. So it's going to be, it's like, it, it's hard competition to jump in with something new. I, that, you know, doesn't, especially if they've got their own app store, I think that's where Windows Dude, if, phones really struggled. If if Apple tomorrow said that for $10 a month, you could use the iMessage app on an Android phone, I would switch in a heartbeat. Like the only reason keeping a lot of people, me and I think Emily has said this as well, on Apple devices is mm-hmm. that ecosystem yeah. and just the ease of iMessage. But they know and, that, so they're not going to give up their ecosystem right, because then you're right. going to go to other devices. Right. So they they are very aware of that. But but their devices are failing anyways. Like they don't, like their their iPhone sales have dropped drastically in the last year or two because they're, the phones are better and better. Like you can literally go buy an iPhone 6 for $150, $200 on you know, Amazon or whatever and it works just as good as Scott's, right. you know, 10s Max. I'm still on the iPhone 6. Right, exactly. So like I've had it for 3 years. There's no reason, right. So there's no reason for people to upgrade anymore and that's where they're struggling, which is probably why they're now a credit card company and a TV <laughs> production studio and you know. Yeah. And if I'm being totally honest, I see smartphones as like their days are numbered. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but probably in about a decade or so, I'm imagining um, we're going to see a pretty incredible marriage of um, wearable devices, AR, VR, and your handheld device. Right. And I think that is going to be kind of like the release of the iPod or like it's going to be a big change. And Mm -hmm. I don't know... I'm hoping it'll go better than the way the Google Glass did. Right. But I think that's, I think we're still headed back in that direction, which is why it confuses me when I see stuff like a folding phone. <laughs> do you think, do you think Google Glass would have been more successful if, if it wasn't $1,500? Do you think um, if it was like half that, more people would have bought it? Cause I, I had an invite. 
I didn't invite to buy it. But, I don't think so because was, a lot of people jumped on board with it and a lot of people tried it out. And I think the real big issue with it was just the backlash. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of VR going on yet. And now mm-hmm. VR is b- becoming much, much, much bigger. Right. Um, like if they released it today, it would be, I think it would be <clears throat> more widely accepted if they had released it today than right. When did they release it originally? I was in college. So, so at least like, four years ago five years ago no i don't think i was even whether i was 21 or not six or seven years ago yeah see at that point like um i remember microsoft kind of teasing an ar device but vr really hadn't become something big yet um we had just sort of gotten like the connect yeah for xbox (laughs) right which was awful which was motion tracking but it wasn't any kind of vr or anything like that yeah um, so I think as that becomes more widely adopted, you're going to see a much closer. Uh-huh. I think those those features are what's going to come next for the smartphones and devices. Okay, so like using them as the hub for like a virtual. Yeah, realm. using them as a hub, or um, I mean, we already kind of have that with the Apple Watch, where mm-hmm. it right. connects to your phone, right? Um. So having more wearable devices like that or having the Google Glass come back as something that connects to your phone. Apple's been rumored for like the last six years to have their own... I'm sure they're working on something. Glasses. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're constantly in development for something along those lines. Right. It's just making sure that you've got the right, um, I guess, culture to release it into. Mm -hmm. Because if you get enough of the younger generation jumping on board... right. Then. Well, I mean, like, could you imagine? I mean, Samsung is, I think, their main partner. But if for some unknown reason or, you know, the stars align and Apple partners with, like, Fortnite and you can use their eyeglass or whatever they call it, their glasses, to actually be in, like, you don't see your character, but you're mm-hmm. moving as your character in your Apple glasses to, you know, play these games or whatever. I mean, just taking that... Technically, I guess that is VR, but like taking that um, that experience, but make you can make that even more mobile, right? The problem with VR now is everything needs to be plugged in, mm-hmm. minus a select few devices out there. But like, you know, if I Apple connects, Oculus is going to be what is yeah. going to be yeah. a big step forward too. Yeah. Um, what's going to be the thing with like the AR though? And when I say AR, I mean augmented reality instead of just straight up virtual reality where you're seeing what's actually around you, but you're seeing maybe like a layer of data or something over top of that. Right. Um, And they've shown some really potentially like limitless applications for AR Mm -hmm. from, you know, like having a meeting where you're not going anywhere. You're not, you're at your desk, like having right. a meeting with someone you're at an empty conference table but people are actually at the right or doing 3d modeling on a surface that you're not actually doing anything besides manipulating an image that's coming through your glasses mm-hmm. or um you know anything from just shopping looking for the best price and seeing you know the amazon price sitting next to a product that you're looking right. at in the store or so it'd be cool so like to 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 bring it all back to like what we do right so how do you foresee this new this like ar ai whatever vr technology 
incorporated into websites. Like I think you just you just said the one thing that I thought would kind of be cool. Like if you have like like an e-commerce store where you sell t-shirts mm-hmm. and like you're looking at it like but you can click on the t-shirt and then you automatically see yourself in it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um I think would be crazy cool. Um I think as far as our role as like web developers in that would go um, I think we're going to start building a lot more APIs for one. Right. Um, especially well, if we're building like a, an e-commerce of any kind, mm-hmm. you're going to need an API so that these things can talk to your stuff and, right. and get, get your information, get your prices, get your products, that kind of thing. Right. Or do you think maybe like, cause like I'm envisioning like, okay, I have my goggles on, I'm doing front end <laughs> for a website and I'm basically just like I'm taking like my sketch file is here, right? And I'm just kind of like dragging them into my virtual browser and it's automatically like, oh, here's the hero with this class and this is how big it is and background size cover. And like, do you think it would be more automatic that way? So you're talking about actually automating development. Right, yeah. Which is really hard to do. <laughs> I mean, it would essentially... <clears throat> We are the automators. If we could automate our jobs, we would. Right. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think you'll see steps forward. Yeah. And you might be able to do some more like tactile. I mean, I guess development. If you if you think about it, it's kind of just. But here's the VR version of Squarespace. As soon as you make that step forward, there's going to be something more complicated on the other end that's going to require your attention. Then. Yeah. So. Interesting. Because every time we do that, every time we make something easier, because like we have generators that will automatically generate HTML off of, you know, a design. Right. um, And they're getting better and better. But now you also need to be aware of like JavaScript frameworks and making things move instead of just sitting there looking pretty and all of the fun stuff you absolutely love. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, let's get to work. We have a meeting soon. Yeah, Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has been another episode of Dev Minutes on the Agency Hour podcast. To hear all of our past episodes and everything else we're doing uh, here, you can either go to pixelandhammer.com or agencyhour.com. Again, my name is Levi. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Sarah? Adios. Have a good week, everybody.